When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Hyperspace Hangout, a podcast by Star Wars fans for Star Wars fans. I am Matt Starwin. And I am Ezra Skyhopper. Welcome aboard the Outcast. This is the place for all Star Wars fans where we discuss your thoughts and theories about a galaxy far, far away. Man, uh, are we at like Mustafar right now, or because it, yeah. it is hot it's, outside? It's not hot. How did you describe it the other day? It's it's uh, offensive, offensively hot. Yeah, yeah. It's. I saw on Twitter uh, some newscaster, some weather weather guy. Um, somebody had a post, and it was they said you know like warm, hot, right. disrespectful, offensive. <laughs> yeah, and that's right, right about where we're at right now. I. Literally, uh, yeah. If it's what what climate would you say you right right now we're at based upon Star Wars planets? Yeah, this is um, either this is this is close to Mustafar. I mean, this mm-hmm. is like yeah, not not maybe. I'm guessing because I know the temperature down in Florida is probably way hotter. Oh yeah, but it's like 98 degrees here right now, mm-hmm. and I'm doing everything I can to kind of cool the the outcast yeah. down. You know, yeah, I mean? it's well, just... we need to get some heat vents or something going in here. Because I know, woo. but it, I would say you know where um, when Anakin's in there uh, when he, when he when he kills all the separatists, you know, mm-hmm. so he's a little away from how many from separatists the... did he kill? A lot. Okay, <laughs> some of them might have been young too. I right. don't know, uh, but. You know he's he's a little bit away from the lava fields, so mm-hmm. it's it's like that's how hot we are. I, I I have a feeling if you're out there listening somewhere and you're in Texas or you're in Florida or wherever, you're probably you probably have the high ground. You're probably Obi Wan, right? You know, ready for this fight to be over. I mean, that is how hot it is, man. We have, uh, Whew. yeah, it, so. Yeah, here, well, here, here we are. Yeah, right now, right now I'm back in I'm back in Ohio for the uh, for the weekend. So Sir Ezra and I. Sir Ezra and I, yeah, are uh, you know, hey, we're we're recording live, man. Do we are, in man? The, in the, I'm I'm in what I what Ezra likes to call Echo Base. So yeah, yeah, this is this is the little uh, little hub I've set up here, and it's it's a little you know I don't know, I'm still working on it. Okay, so I posted it's a few pictures good. on our Instagram. So if you want to go check it out, I'm kind of working on a little setup here. I've got a I got some X wings I got to hang, and mm. I got a Tie Fighter over there. That's all. You know, bust it up. I got to put back together, but yeah, man, I'm trying to trying to really really fix it up in here. So yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. It's crazy to be. We haven't recorded like when's the last time you and I were in the same place recording? 
probably would have been we were recording something for Ben the Knee last year. Yeah, Ben the Knee last year. Uh, so we're coming up on a year when you when you left, right? Right. Yeah, I left yeah. about September. Yeah. So yeah, I took I took my uh, you know I, I went out there to uh, I guess I guess technically you could call it it's probably close. Well, it is Endor. Yeah, it it's probably close to what where I'm what what you would consider the the climate and I mean it's just north of Endor really. Right, right, right. You know how on Tatooine like it would be the forest moon of Endor. I mean the forest, yeah, exactly, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know how on Tatooine it's like it could be really hot during the day and dry, mm-hmm. uh, but at night it could be like freezing. Yeah, so that's kind of if you live in like if you were in like Las Vegas or Phoenix yeah. or yeah. some place like that, some parts of Texas, West Texas. I'm trying to think of what Ohio would be. Takadana, maybe like you know, I had know, the Naboo. Big... I mean, Naboo's Naboo. kind of yeah. I wish we knew more about Alderaan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing it might have been like Ohio. I don't know, uh, but anyways, yeah. So yeah, what was our, our question? Is basically you know, let t- us know. Hey, what? Yeah. Where would you describe in re- uh, based upon like a Star Wars planet, your climate or your or your yeah, environment, geographical yeah. area? Yeah, you can go Legends, you can go Can, whatever you want. There's some cool planets out there, and I'd love to get some responses on that. It'd be kind of cool. But So um, today, the relay station is basically Matt Starwin is aboard the Outcast. That's mm-hmm. the big news for us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're here. Um, right. We're getting a crap ton of work done. We're inspired. Yeah. How inspired are we right now? It's it's at an all-time high. It really is. It, it really is. This, is uh, this isn't really so much a vacation for me as it is a business trip. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's great. We're we're getting refocused. We just watched yesterday. We it was July Fourth. Happy yep. Independence Day. Thank you to all who serve. Yep. And never forget. We spent our Independence Day plowing through all eight episodes of Stranger Things. It was amazing. It was amazing. There was a lot of Star Wars references. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. Yeah. But let's yeah. just say, once again, Stranger Things did not disappoint. Right. It was amazing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, I, I, I today have been following all of the cast on Twitter. I've been doing all sorts of stuff, mm-hmm. and it's just, there are scenes. By the way, I'm sorry, I did retweet a few things on my Twitter that were definitely spoiler related. Right. So it's Wampright underscore two M. Just avoid that for a day or two if you haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, it was it motivated the heck out of us though. You know, and it brought back all those feels, mm-hmm. the nostalgia, everything. It just like mm-hmm. I don't know. It was it's great. They're killing it. So it's great. Yeah. So we did yeah, that. Yeah. Now, we're, now we we're talking about how you know all these other. We, you and I were talking about how D and D from uh, Game of Thrones are getting their Star Wars trilogy. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it's going to be the one with Ryan Johnson. It's kind of unclear. You right. Know. Right. I was like, the Duffer Brothers, give those guys a Star Wars movie. I know. It'll be amazing. It would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I look at the when you watch season three, look at the the lighting, the setup to the, the shots. cinematography is always phenomenal from it's, those guys. Yeah, and they know how to do like these subtle little nods. To things, you know, one of the things that in, the, in the sequels, one thing JJ has done pretty well. Mm-hmm. Actually, he's done really well, is to make little tiny nods back right. to the originals. And I feel like if you watch Stranger Things, look for nods back to classic, you know, eighties yeah. stuff. Oh, it's, yeah. It is so so well done. Mm-hmm. You don't even really, unless you really know the eighties, and you'll see really like because you're you're huge into all that. Right. I mean, like it's I don't know. There's so many little things you know, there for people. To love. I will say this to me. Episode seven to me is I think I think episode seven is probably my favorite movie in terms of the cinematography. Yeah. Obviously, special effects, the original trilogy. I mean, 
George Lucas, you know, it changed special effects forever. And there's obviously great shots, you know, but, you know, now we have different effects. And the um, really my only criticism in terms of the visuals of Episode 7 were it is kind of weird sometimes because they wanted to use the practical effects. And yeah. then you have a CG character. And so they eh, it seems kind of yeah. that back and forth. Whereas the prequels, it's all CG. Yeah. So, it well, Episode uh, 1 kind of had a little bit of puppetry yeah. with Yoda. Yes. And they've, they've rechanged it. And it's seamless either way yeah um but episode seven to me there's the cinematography in that is so great jj does a great job a lot of the shots he does um yeah i don't know i i think i think it's it's for me that's that's just the first thing i think of what is the best shot Um, well there's episode one has a lot of great cinematography the the I've talked about before the the zoom ins on the, the zoom ins on the Quagans face when Darth Maul pops out and he has the two lightsabers. Yeah, yeah. Um, episode, obviously, episode five, the Darth Vader Luke oh. battle, just that's dark and the sparks and it's it's great. Yeah. So yeah. what are what are some of your favorite, just in terms of yeah, like now the scenes. just now you and I are kind of in this filming. We uh, are. I, I'm lear- I'm learning from you so more about like the importance of cinematography and like watching the Duffer brothers work through right. stranger things. I'm like, okay, that, why does that scene we stopped, you stopped a few times. Why does that make us feel good? It made us feel good because of the lighting and they, they exactly. moved us just in the way they panned the shot or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And I'm like, what? So, episode eight, I mean, episode eight, yeah. I'll criticize, I criticize it for story reasons. Sure. And there's some stuff like the Leia in, in space scene. I've always criticized it. It feels yeah. weird, but yeah, like the, the 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 Praetorian Guard, I mean, it's, yeah. it's gorgeous. It's, yes, it's stunning. It is stunning to watch. It the, is. Um, and when Holdo blasts through, yes, and, right. That, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's not. It's so whether you like that or not, it's it's right. Like it's, There's it's, a lot of really pretty shots in Episode Eight as well. Yep. And you know, we were watching Stranger Things, and we were talking about also the the use of sound and yeah and music and just how important. And this is I'm a Big anybody who ever who has ever listened to me on uh, Box Trick, my, yeah. my video game podcast, I talk about the score all the all the time and how it's yeah. and Star Wars to me, the only reason it ever made it was because of John Williams. Yeah, I, it was it was that choice of mm-hmm. classical music and that the, the big or- orchestral mm-hmm. themes is really what sells. Yeah, Star it Wars moves you. Yeah, you know we've, we've heard of, yeah. you know we've read about the interviews of steven spielberg where they watched early cuts and they're like oh my sucks. god this yeah this people sucks. were walking out like uh and so yeah. then they kind of changed big worry yeah they changed it went with john williams who's obviously you know the best composer ever yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so man it's so that's what i'm so, yeah that's another that's another thing that can really emotionally kind of uh communicate i don't know it helps help sort of tell a story mm-hmm. and uh yeah that it's, it's a big deal so yeah. I mean the the uh, you and I've talked about the trailer for episode seven, to me, oh, where they where, the, where they my. use they use the 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 force theme the twin suns theme yeah. and binary sunset and yeah. Luke is talking about my family has it and it's that is to me is like a perfect trailer it is a it is a hundred percent how a trailer should be, honest, be. I, and it's still to be is like it's my it's one of my favorite Star Wars moments ever it's just that trailer because of yeah. the way it's shot I actually went back and I watched a bunch of the other a bunch of trailers for the other movies just yeah. to see yeah um, like a lot of the prequels right and the episode seven trailer the second one because the original one was just that teaser with the claymore saber yeah 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 which was cool yeah and it starts with um 
with Finn out there in the right, yeah, desert, a, which is another really cool shot. It the, is the cool shot thing. of you see the desert, then Finn pops up, right? Like that's and you the motion on his face. It's a really, really, really well done. Yeah, really well done scene. Yeah, but you're right when when Luke starts to talk about my father has it. Absolutely. You know, yeah, and then I, the X wings yeah. flying. And yeah, kind of, yeah, it's great. It it yeah, that was that was huge. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. So my my favorite. Gosh, I'm trying to think of what my favorite 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 scene. Would be I've talked about the when they're so not, flying so not in. necessarily story wise, yeah. But just in terms of visually or with the audio Ooh. or man, there are so many that is so 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 tough. Yeah, it's why I hearken back a lot to uh, Darth Maul with yeah. the lightsaber because it's just such a cool scene where he walks in, does the does the dual lightsabers, and then they do the the. The, uh, the zoom in on the zo- well, that's when they when they go into the room and they do the zoom in on Obi Wan, the right. zoom in on Qui Gon, the zoom in on Darth Maul. Right. It's really really cool, yeah. yeah, and it sets the tone for here's yeah. what's about to happen, yeah. Because yeah. I'm a big believer in the idea that it's that the hype to something, yeah, is always better than, than oh. it itself because it's uh, yeah, you know, it's the moment well, itself. Okay, so like, you're building and building and building. Yeah, so look at the tension right before uh, Ray and and Ben or Kylo. Uh, fight the Praetorian guards. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're like you're saying Absolutely. the hype on that, the the shot up, like uh, you know, from downward looking up at his face as he does his lie, his eyes uh, never leave Snoke, and he, like that lightsaber is flying at him, and he knows mm-hmm. Ray is going to reach up and catch it, and then like her, you know, like look of bewilderment, sort of like, is this happening? This is what I saw was going to happen. That's the whole. I mean, set up. I mean, there's all the other stuff with Snoke moving her around right. and stuff. But that scene where when the lightsaber is flying at them, you're like, oh, my God. And then she, the hand comes up out of nowhere, catches right. it. You're like, what? Well, you know, so the, the, the interesting thing, something I think about is when you watch a movie for the creating these movies, creating, creating movies, and you create these scenes, you know, I would, like I would love to. We really need to interview some people who like know about filmmaking and, and, how, yeah. and how it how it works right because you know i can still go back and watch episode one and i always love just the scene where darth maul pops the second lightsaber gets me every time yeah yeah but there's always there's always a difference between the the first time you've seen something yeah and then you know right so these so moments when you go back and you watch something again and again and again they become less suspenseful because you know what happens yeah but so if you can create a scene where every time you watch it you're, you're the build-up still feels the same or even right. close to being the same that's how you know you've got a great you've really done it yeah. episode seven at the beginning where you see the the new stormtroopers and it's it, they're on the ship and they're going to um oh yeah and it's it's flashing and it's black and it's like this is a new star wars this is new this, yeah i still think that's a really cool that is a great shot it's a really it's a really cool shot yeah that's good thinking back to the originals like you know one of the reasons i mean five just when luke is walking up to sort of meet Vader. Absolutely. I mean, like, like the lighting in that is insane. Uh-huh. You know, it's just red on blue. And that is, that was, that was hard to kind of, that was such a good shot. People talk so much about it that when they went to return, they had to have that, uh, something similar with right. that, which was, you know, he, when he faced um, Vader again uh, on the, on the second Death Star, that green, you know, now in red, it was so good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. It's just got us thinking about all that kind of stuff. We've been looking up like 
uh, vlogging stuff. We've been looking at all whole, sorts of whole, stuff, guys. Yeah. We are so motivated. It's, yeah. it's insane. Yeah, episode six, to me, it, I mean, when, when they're walking up to the Emperor, it's a yeah. pretty awesome scene. He's in the chair. Yeah. It's just a real... They The set design is really, really cool. It's... Um, because you know, before we had ever seen one, two, and three, is the emperor. This is the real guy behind yeah. Darth Vader, <laughs> yeah. you know, who's really the one pulling the strings. And then when you you kind of get to see him, because in in um, when you just see the the you know hologram the holocron in, image of him, or, um, yeah, yeah, on, right. in, in five in when five, he's talking to in yep. five, it's oh wow, there's this yeah, who's this guy? Yeah, who's this guy? Yeah, right. And then you hear Yoda kind of like telling Luke not to underestimate him. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And that wasn't much. They didn't need to mm-hmm. do much, but you're like, okay, we already know Vader's bad. Right. Really bad. Mm-hmm. So there's somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's sort of where it's like, whoa, that was that was the genius, I think, in right. five going into six. Five is probably the best shot of the original trilogy. Yeah, you're probably I mean, right. Obi, just the, the Carbonite room itself. The, oh, the, the Han Solo, just the, the, the it's dark yeah. and it's it's or, the orange kind of panel lighting is, right, is right. great. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, anyways, guys, I don't know. Let I, us know. Let yeah, us know what you think. What are some of your favorite? It doesn't necessarily have to be favorite moment because of the story. Yeah. But just what is a scene? I think a like lot, a of, shot. A, a yeah, lot right. of people just, have said the Praetorian, the Praetorian Guard in 8 is their favorite part because it's, it's just a really pretty. Yeah. Just well done, sure. You know, one thing that always I always think of when you're talking about Seven quite a bit is, and this is a really simple one, but it's Ray sliding down that stupid sand mm-hmm. thing in the beginning. I'm like, that's really cool. It's just yeah. something like that. You're like, what? The prequels, uh, the prequels to me, I, um, episode episode three has a lot. Episode three is actually a really pretty movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously Obi Wan and Anakin's battle. Uh, you know, the, yeah. the blue lightsabers going against the dark red uh, yeah. lava there on uh, Mustafar. Right, right. It's really, really great. Episode two, I, I, I still go back to it. The Obi Wan Django Fett fight where it's raining. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, it's a really kind of it's a really, really cool shot because yeah, there's some the, cool the, close-ups there too. There are there yeah. are some cool close-ups, but it's it's that it's dark and it's blue and it's raining and there's the uh, just that 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 blue that bright blue lightsaber is just I I don't know why I just always really loved yeah loved the way it's shot. I think it's it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool, awesome. Uh, so hopefully we'll get some transmissions uh, on on that uh, for next week and things. We can cut, we can kind of talk about that. And speaking of next week, real quick, we should have our good friend uh, Tiffany. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiffany O'Malley from Swish and Flick. She uh, uh, she's been on. Uh, she's a huge Star Wars fan. She's been on several other projects, collaborated with some other Star Wars podcasts before, and so uh, we're looking forward to having her on next week. So uh, stay tuned for that. But let's see what Emily has in store for us. Incoming transmission. Today's episode, we have two origin stories from Nick Starwind and the Metal Mando, aka Jeffrey Kelts. We also have a transmission from Captain David Snagarian from the Nov Seven. We also have uh, updates, just some uh, some memes and sort of the meme war that is happening in the hyperspace Facebook group. The, the recording we have today is is absolutely epic. So uh, we'll get that uh, going here in a second for you guys. But yeah, let's go to Nick Starwin. So you want to read? This is your brother, and he is absolutely. By the way, what did he say yesterday? It was like. Um, 
Oh, it was like a daily meme a he day does. keeps Disney away. I know. Yes. I was like, well, the funny thing about it is, is it's, it's not like I ever asked him, hey, you like you'd be. He just he just got in. And just oh, I know. Yeah, so yeah. he's killing. Uh, it. He says uh, this is Captain Nick Starwind, and he chose that. He didn't ask me about the name. He's like, hey, he's just he just he just, went, he did. He just yeah. went ahead and did it. Yeah. yeah. Of the cargo freighter Phoenix, a faithful servant if the glorious uh, to the glorious empire until the fateful battle of rebel aggression at Endor. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> With no plays for me in the New Republic, I wandered to the Outer Rim and took up the life of a gambler. I spent most of my days playing Pazak and hoping for the return of the glorious empire, not the sorry imitation that the First Order <laughs> represents. <laughs> as far as my origin story goes, I can't really remember uh, the time in my life that Star Wars was in it my favorite memory of star wars is watching the clone wars cartoon with my daughter uh except expect more transmissions in the in the future p.s it's the extended universe not legends he also says i fully plan on getting the disney streaming app thank you because i'll be stealing your password yep and i am looking forward to the show i love the clone wars and i've only seen pieces of rebels but uh based on those two i would say star wars makes for good tv okay yeah you know so i remember when I was, I've talked about my kind of origin story. I, I would have had to have been five or six, and Nick is a couple years younger than me, so it definitely would have been a little too early for him. Yeah, to be to kind of probably remember those VHS VHS tapes that I had I had watched because he's a yeah. couple years younger than me. So he because if I was six, he would have been three. Yeah, and it's also like yeah, there, it's one of those things where it is kind of muddled because they were always around, right? Because mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm I, like even when I first got into Star Wars too, it was kind of the same way. It's like, what was my exact first? I mean, I know my exact first memory, but after that, it was just always around. You know, it just would pop up here and there, and and right. I don't know because so. like your sister is a couple years younger than you. Yeah, and, and so if you were if you and I you and I would have been watching those VHS tapes about the yeah. time we were. Would have been it was mid nineties, so we would have been right, right. So they're there with us watching them, but they're just younger. They're a little bit younger, yeah. So they're, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. So I don't know. Yeah, the what did he call it? The 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 war of of, of, <laughs> of uh, rebel aggression. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, here we go. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, the first order. Can we talk about the first order for a second? A like. Yeah. Are we going to get a little, we need, we need a little we need more a little, backstory? Well, we need just something more. I mean, do they seem as, I don't know, it, it even though they, they, they destroyed a whole system mm-hmm. in Seven and and like Snoke's a big deal and the Resistance is, no, I mean, they, I don't, we just didn't really get to see the New Republic right. or whatever get wiped out. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Resistance and it's sort of like fleeting. It's just, there's not a lot of, That's I don't know. one of the things I think that makes Rogue One one of the best movies because we've you and I have talked about before in four five and six. Yeah. The empire's there, but because you know, we started on tattoo. Think of the the other planets we really go to don't really involve the empire that much. You have Tatooine, which is on the outer rim. And then, um, and then you've got, um, well, Tatooine is just not, it's not a Republic. Yeah. It's not a Republic, uh, planet. planet, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, or controlled by the empire. And so, Rogue One, you really get to see a lot of this. Is like it's it's not really a it's not really a Jedi Sith movie, whereas four, five, and six, and one, two, three are. Yeah, it's an Empire movie, right? You get to see like like Jedi, like like what's happening there, and mm-hmm. them taking advantage of that system and getting the Kyber crystals and stuff. It's yeah, it's the it's the brutal side of things. Right. It's sort of like why you and I liked uh, reading. 
uh, what was that? Inferno Squad and yeah. Iden Versio, mm-hmm. and learning more about the planet, you know, that each of them come from and how. Because in her mind, she's defending. It's very much like the the old Republic, or just the Republic, I should say, right? Uh, the Galactic Republic, where that transition takes place, and it's really just a rebranding, and they still think they're the good guys. But they don't realize that they're being that the, at the the tippy top. We have a Sith Lord who uh, is deceiving and is manipulating everybody because people like the Versio family they just believe that they're fighting for you know like the like the greater good. They're trying to keep uh, chaos at bay and they're trying to like bring stability to the galaxy. That's Absolutely. it. And so they don't really quite understand the whole big picture. And I think when Iden goes around and starts to sort of confront the rebels, you start to see. Like, oh, crap, there's some really bad things happening, and yeah. we're polluting people's water at one point on some planet and, and all that kind of stuff. So you're right. You know, Rogue One shows us that side, if right. you will. So it's cool. But, um, yeah, okay, awesome. So, yeah, good to hear, always good to hear from your brother. And, uh, you know, he's he's just uh, – if I, I say it, I'm going to say it every week. If you're not in the Facebook group and you're not uh, getting your daily dose of memes, then you're missing out. So head over to Hyperspace. Hang out there on Facebook. We have a group page uh, going, and it's, it's fantastic. So, mm-hmm. okay. Now we also have uh, we, we we received a, a transmission, a, a rather uh, long transmission, but I'm going to play the whole thing. I love it because Go right ahead. yeah, I think this is this is fantastic. The the origin stories that we get where people record their story. It's so great to hear. I mean, I know some people like to hear like they like us to read the story, and then some people like us to like to descend in their own and their own voice. And I like both. I like both. Yeah. So and this guy plays music underneath it, which is great. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. So we've got um, the Metal Mando. Yeah, the Metal Mando. So Jeffrey Keltz uh, sent us something here, and I want to play it for you guys. So take a listen. Hey, Matt Nezra. This is Jeff Keltz, a.k.a. the Metal Mando on Twitter. I've been listening to your Game of Thrones podcast, Ben the Knee, recently, and you said you were starting a Star Wars podcast, so I figured I'd check it out, and I'm, I'm glad I followed you over to this because I uh, went back and listened to every episode and really enjoying it and I uh, on your last episode I had well it was actually a voicemail from a rural farm boy and he talked about his origin story and he got me thinking like my origin story really isn't a lot different than anybody else at, at that point I was nine years old and uh, when the movie came out, my mom and dad saw it maybe three or four times, and I heard them just, you know, gushing about it, and saw the commercials on TV, but at the time, they thought it might be a little too much for me, like a little too heavy, you know, and, uh, you know, I was kind of jealous, because, you know, my parents' his friends saw it, and their, you know, kids saw it, and, uh, you know, but my mom and dad said, you know, I need to, how much are you ready for this, so... But the weird thing about it is, is in the early fall on my birthday, my mom and dad bought me a recently or newly released book called The Star Wars Sketchbook by Joe Johnston. And let me tell you guys, that was Star Wars for me for, you know, a few months. Just flipping through that thing every day, just seeing those amazing concepts and uh, drawings and uh, just seeing uh, what... You know, just hearing what everybody talked about, you know, on the playgrounds, hearing my mom and dad talk about it, and, you know, still seeing those advertisements, and uh, on the news, everybody going, you know, just crazy about Star Wars, and for me, that was Star Wars for a few months, just flipping through this sketchbook over and over again, just, you know, just amazing, you know, visuals, and uh, so, in the fall, my mom and dad finally gave me clearance to go see this movie, 
and you know in the Dollar Theater, and I believe it was five times that I saw it, and just you know to, to be able to see in the sketchbook come alive on the screen because you know I had heard the uh, the music that my mom and dad played from the movie. And they they actually had the Miko, I think it was disco album, and that, that was like Star Wars for me. Also, I grew up on the Miko disco soundtrack. I don't know if I call that a soundtrack, like a knockoff soundtrack. I don't know if you guys know about that, but it's out there. Check it out if you haven't. And uh, so, yeah, man, Star Wars for me. My origin story was the Star Wars sketchbook, and then getting to see it in the movie theaters. <laughs> Jeez, everything coming to life. What an incredible time. But, you know, everything else kind of, like I said, mimics all your, you know, what, what a lot of people have sent into you as far as their memories, you know, watching it over and over in theaters and then VHS when it came out, you know, and all those things. But when you guys, you guys mentioned your, one of your favorite Star Wars memories, and what's weird about this is the thing that first came to my mind is actually in 1995, I'm walking through them all. I'm kind of out of Star Wars at the time. For some reason, just doing other things, you know, I was, you know, like my, you know, my handles the metal man, though, I was way into heavy metal and a few other things, and out of the corner of my eye, I see the Star Wars logo, and I'm walking by a KB toy store. I don't know if you guys had KB toy stores wherever you uh, grew up. I was like, hey, hey. Wait a minute. Let's let's go over here and check this out. So his little stand that kind of was like they put in the aisle, like kind of like out from the actual store into the aisleway, so you couldn't miss it. And I was like, what, "What's going on here? I collected these figures when I was a kid, and these are not the same figures." And like I see, ooh, my my favorite character, you know, back then was Boba Fett. And I see this nice looking Boba Fett. Okay, I know they were buff figures, but at the time, they looked really nice, okay? But I was like, oh, can I just buy one action figure? Do you, you mind just, you know, for old time's sake? She goes, yeah, whatever, you know, it's only $4.99. What a great price back then, guys, right? $4.99. So, you know, we did our thing, went to the food court at the time, you know, did, you know, the old Cinnabon, whatever, you know, whatever we did. And uh, on the way back out, I was like, oh, man, look at those figures over there. Can I just go and look at those again? She says, yeah, sure, whatever. I go, hey, this Darth Vader looks pretty good, and, man, this Stormtrooper, I'm liking that, too. So, you mind if I just pick up, you know, a couple more? She says, yeah, that's fine. So, you know, I walked out of the, you know, the mall, just, you know, just happy as ever. Just had three Star Wars figures, you know. And that's, dude, guys, this is what I'm talking about. This is what did it for me. We kindled everything that I once knew about Star Wars, but really never forgot. It was just kind of, like, hidden in there, you know. Just... It made me feel like a kid again, and that's to this day. From that day on until today, and into tomorrow, every time I think about Star Wars, it makes me feel like a kid again. And the crazy thing is, guys, you know, a few days later, I went back to that KB store and I cleared them out of every figure they had, twenty or so or whatever they might have had from the previous waves. I think. There might have been four or five waves released at that point that I didn't know of. And I know that the Shadows of the Empire came soon after that. And I was really, you know, into the whole Shadows of the Empire thing. That's another thing that really brought me back in, you know, to my Star Wars fandom from being a kid until, you know, like a, a mid-adult. And <laughs> the oh, guys, man, that that was it. It was like onwards and upwards. And my collecting habit just 
just went crazy. I have, because of what I saw in that mall that day, got me just, just whatever it was, man, just unleashed <laughs> the force in me. And I've collected every single figure. I think it was from 95 to 2012, loose figures. Well, I bought them carded, but I collect, you know, collected them loose, took them out of the package. Every single figure from 95 to 2012, whether it be single carded, deluxe, uh, in a battle pack, uh, mail away, uh, convention exclusive, uh, vehicle exclusive, whatever it may be. Uh, sometimes I had to go on eBay to get the exclusive figures that came with the vehicles because all I wanted was every single figure that was released. So I have the complete collection, guys, of every single, no matter what it was, loose figure from 95 to 2012. And at one point I had them displayed on shelves, took pictures. I do not have them. I can't find them. I don't know if I lost them on a previous computer. I do have a collection from 95 to 2000 in the closet, which I, maybe I can share with you guys sometimes, which I've kind of put out there a few times elsewhere. But, hey, just a, just kind of a maybe different, maybe favorite memory as far as Star Wars is concerned. But, hey, guys, that's my origin story. Kind of same from a lot of others. But the my favorite memory might be a little bit different. So hope you like that take. And uh, can't wait for your next episode, guys. And... This is Jeff Kels, a.k.a. The Metal Mando, and may the Force be with you. Always. Bye. And may the Force be with you, too. Yeah. Yeah. Always feels good to hear that. Yeah, so it is a little different. Like, the like the collecting side of things, I think, is really cool. I've, I've been fascinated by collectors, and, and I love going to Celebration and seeing what people, like, the, the vendors and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's insane. We we met the guys over at uh, Rebel Toys over in Delaware, Ohio. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And and uh, boy, I mean, they're big time toy collectors. This and the stuff that they know is it's crazy. And just meeting them and getting that different side of it because Star Wars. This is something. This is really actually a challenge that we had when we were trying to put this show together because we said, okay, we, we know we want to do Star a Star Wars podcast, but what do we do? Yeah. Because Star Wars is so big. You could have a Star Wars podcast just on toys, just on books, just on the movies, just, I mean, there's so many, it's, it's so big, just on 501st, just on cosplay, oh, yeah. just whatever. Yep. And I almost consider those two different things. I think there's a difference between Star Wars cosplay and the guys that are in the 501st, because uh, yes. cosplay is, hey, I just want to, you know, whatever. Yeah, the 501st is, is you have to be authentic, and then and there's yep. the trooping side of it as well. Yep. And so... The collectors, that facet, when we were talking to those guys we'd met at Rebel Toys, they were they would talk about, well, this toy is you have to watch out for fakes, and this toy was on this run, and it yeah. came out with this, and right. they know the posters. And you and I were talking about, like, you know, what are some of the things that we want? And I had mentioned to them, you know, I'm I'm I would be I'm kind of looking for the uh, the promo poster from Episode One where it's young Anakin on Tatooine walking and his shadow is Darth Vader. And right. they're like, yeah, you're, for that, you're probably looking around 100 bucks on eBay if you want, like, an original one. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, wow. you know, like, you guys know all of these different like, posters. Yeah, they knew that, it, like, because you don't often think about it, but a an original poster versus, like, a reprint or whatever, right. it's, like, big deal. Big difference. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and they're also, like, 
a lot bigger in size too. Some of those things you can get the the ones that were up at movie theaters and stuff that you can mm-hmm. find. And so it just depends on on what you want, what you're gonna do with it. So yeah, I have tried. Um, I I I have gotten into a few figures here and there. I actually got uh, the new ones. Yeah, what is it? The dark. Series is that what Black Series? The Black Series. Those yeah. are really cool. Those are cool. I, I've not really got into to collecting many of those. Like when they do, I have a, a Jaina Solo back here, mm-hmm. and so when they did stuff where it's like, okay, that's a Legends character. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, that, that's cool. I want that. And the, I think they put. I think that was put up for a vote, and like people got to vote on which one they wanted, and mm-hmm. um, for them to produce, and so they made that. But. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much out there. Once you start, why well, I, I say this like. Once you start down that path, forever will it dominate your destiny. You know, yeah. it's like I mean, some guy was telling me so when I when I bought, um, I I got a bunch of ships and I have like my X wing. I got an original X wing. I've got an original um, cloud speeder. I've got, gosh, what do I have? I've got a bunch of stuff in the storage unit. Yeah, Millennium Falcon. Uh, yeah, yeah, Millennium Falcon. I've got all sorts of Tie Fighter, everything. And some of it had cardboard, the original cardboard box, and he brought it. Well, those are huge. Yeah, and he was like, man, he goes, once you go cardboard, you don't go back. And I'm like, what? He's like, dude, he's like, literally, it will drain your pocketbook. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hold on to these cardboard boxes. Some people will literally pay uh, so much for Absolutely. Them. So I, like, I do, I have kind of a video game collection. Yeah, because yes, you do. As now, now we're entering into that age where do I buy physical or do I buy digital? And as games are becoming, it's easier and easier to buy digital. And people like myself, like I do that kind of retro collecting. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you the difference between, say, buying a game. So if you go back, uh, you know, like if you remember, for those of you who remember, I'm going to talk a little, little video game nerd, nerd yeah, here. Yeah. The Sega, so there was like, there was that era and like the eight, you know, the 16 bit wars is what they, what they refer to it as. Yeah. We had Sega on one side, Nintendo on the other side. Right. Well, so Nintendo would always release their games in cardboard boxes like VHS tapes. And they did it all the way up into the N64. Whereas Sega had hard, uh, shell cases so it's a lot easier to find those because they hold up better over time and so the prices of complete in box games for say Nintendo games are much much higher because they're cardboard and if you take the game out yeah. it wears down sure. over over time and then you have people who say well it's not just about the box it's about the sleeve that it goes in and the manual and Holy, stuff like that, yeah. yeah. There's there's definitely a market out there where it's it's the complete inbox. Now, right. I myself, when yeah. it comes to old cartridge games, I don't really care about that because yeah. it takes up a lot of space. Sure, and yeah. it, it you know it does look nice on your shelf. But now there's places, and and I I'm sure this exists for other things as well. There's a really cool website called uh, I'm blanking on it. It's like the Completion Project or something like that, where people have done digital scans of all of the old labels and things like that, so you can print them out. Because you know, a lot of games once you got to like the DVD era, um, like the PlayStation to Xbox era, they're all DVD cases. They're just standard DVD cases. So they've said, well, you can just go buy. DVD cases and you can print out these labels and that way you, if you can't yeah, find it you just find the disc sure and so I'm sure that something like that exists in a lot of other fandoms yeah. where hey people have there are there are resources out there resources out there so if you happen to be a collector or something and you know of some cool resources for people that's something that I we ultimately want to do with this podcast is because 
the idea is it's open to all of Star Wars. And so yeah. eventually we want to get some 501st people on here yeah. and some cosplay people right. and some toy well, collectors. Because I think you mm-hmm. your kind of expertise area is the Legends, yeah. whereas my kind of expertise area is the Star Wars video games. Yep. And so we want to bring in some of these people that know um, – prop making i've seen really cool videos oh my gosh, on youtube yeah. where people like yeah. they buy toys they'll buy like the 12 dollar like say han solo blaster and they'll say okay you can paint it like this you can do this and it makes it look far more authentic yeah exactly yeah there's a guy we used to follow i forget his name but uh yeah who, who did that and, and, and doctored up all of those things and made them look like made to- toys look like legit off the screen right you know props and stuff so yeah, if anyone is 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 into that or or uh, considers them, even if you're, I we're not looking in you know, anything. I mean, I'm sure yeah, there are air quote expert in whatever it is, whatever you're you're into. I'm uh, sure there's I'm sure there's Wars, poster yeah. collecting. I'm sure there's tons yeah. of different areas where people are, uh, you know, that, that's their their area of expertise when it comes to Star Wars. Yeah, let me show you something um, that uh, that Jeffrey was was talking about here. He brought up the. Um, let's see the sketchbook. Okay, so the Star Wars sketchbook. I saw these at at Celebration, and I mean, wow, they're, they're like fantastic. So it's a lot of just um, they had one I think for each film, mm-hmm. and I was looking through some of the I think they had one for either Empire or Return. I can't remember, and they had a whole just I mean uh, pouches full of these things. They're, they're they're just rectangular sketchbooks, and you can flip through them, and and they've got such cool artwork in it. And so I can see how he would get lost in something like that um you know as, as a younger kid and stuff they're just it's fa- it's fascinating because right. there's so much detail in the drawing and you're like whoa there's there's some of that concept you know artwork and stuff so now the, the thing i hadn't heard of was this um this uh what, what is this the the meko or the the, the miko is that what it, you know yeah the miko disc soundtrack is something that he brought up, so yeah. we'll have to play some of that because it looks really interesting. It looks kind of metally. Kinda, they've got like a Star Wars theme cantina band and some stuff I'm seeing here on YouTube. So I'll have to look into that a little bit. Did not know about that. So well, I love when people like drop something on me. It's something I haven't seen. I'm like, right. what is that? It's like when you did the whole laser disc thing. I'm like, oh, seriously, something else I have to be obsessed <laughs> over. So you know, it's it's just really, really, really cool. So. Yeah, if you have anything that you something that you think is um, you know for either from the '80s or early '90s or whatever that you you think uh, Matt and I would like, just you know shoot us a link and and we'll check it out. So yeah, absolutely. I love if there's one thing I love doing, it's research and on new things, uh, especially when it, you know something like Star Wars. Hey, absolutely. You know, there's, yeah. th- that's the thing. The Star Wars fandom is so large; it'd be impossible to know oh. it all. No, no, no. Exactly. Uh, and, I, that's, and you had watch you had watched kind of a documentary on Netflix about the toys. Yeah, what was that? About a year um, ago, I remember you watching that. Yeah, Kenner was doing something, and uh, Kenner is a toy company. Yeah, it was. Uh, they they got the rights to the original. The toys line. that made us or something was the documentary. right. Yeah, and it was it was sort of a, a the, the backstory, and that was is amazing. It's on Netflix, I believe, and it's talking about how Kenner. How George was sort of in a pickle, and he was trying to, to negotiate with people for merchandise rights right. and and stuff like that. And they, you know, it's just so funny to hear the story of, of the guy who goes up there and gets the pitch about all of this and knows a little bit about Star Wars before it comes out and has to go back and have toys ready. 
and it's it's so nuts. I think I think one of the cool things in it was like they didn't even have like toys ready to go when people walked out of the out of the theater because we didn't know how that all that was going to go. Exactly. And there was like the mail like the Christmas mail away thing where like mm-hmm. okay, so you basically got this sleeve that said you got to order on Christmas what you wanted and it was going to come later or something. And it was just like such a bizarre little story and yeah, they had the rights to that for so for so long and and got to make the original toys and well, I mean, it's it's really such a cool. business risk because yeah. okay, we'll make these, but if if Star Wars flopped, well, they didn't know. If yeah. Star Wars had flopped, it would have screwed over right. Kenner, the toy company, and that's kind of, that's kind it of ends what up the, being the huge like like you right. know, and then Hasbro kind of uh, takes over later on and stuff. But it's 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 what made them, and it's mm-hmm. and it's uh, the crazy thing for me was like, like Cincinnati, Ohio. That's that's right. That's where it was at. That's their headquarters. And I'm like, what? So that's really cool. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, and you're into like you want to learn more about toy collecting, and you want to kind of get the back backstory and some of that Star Wars, uh, you know, origins for toys, you can you can go check out that documentary and things. So, you know, one thing I've tried, and I think I've said this before, is I'm trying to get a um, hard cover uh, first edition of every Star Wars book that's ever come out. And it's not too hard to do. I just have to actually right. you know seek seek them out and find them and stuff. And when, you know, when Disney takes over and we st- like the EU, uh, I love you, your brother, Nick. It's 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 not Legends. Okay? That's how now, I am. Now, too. Nick, it's, it's... I only say Legends so that way people understand what I'm talking about, because we got people coming in all over the place. Uh, so but yeah, so th- when they stopped with the extended you know universe and they sort of said uh, we're done with that. It's like I wanted to go back and find some of those books. I want to get a new as close to new as I can get. Um first edition whatever it may be so i found some really good signed uh um thrawn trilogy books the other day and unfortunately they were signed specifically to someone else Uh, they're selling like 10 bucks but they were like i looked at the book and i'm like it's in pristine condition like with a protective sleeve and everything so that's my obsession is i'm trying i'm getting into all the uh, book collecting and things like that so you know, yeah, yeah. Let us know what your obsession is with Star Wars. What, right. Like, what is it? our friend Brian? Is is he he got into did his first troop for uh, Rebel Legion and uh, was just messaging us today on the Facebook group and talking about uh, going up to see Weird Al, uh, mm-hmm. li- like up in Cleveland and talking about uh, sort of that connection, Weird Al's connection to Star Wars, and then he's into uh, trooping and and stuff with with the Rebel Legion, and it's just fantastic. Well, one of the guys we met when we did the uh, charity event last year, yeah. Uh, Jeff Rice, who's a really he he did was Boba Fett, yeah, and he had brought he, he has like the movie replica, yeah, <laughs> of Han Solo and Carbonite. I know, yeah, and it, it's it was all pristine. It's in this huge yeah. huge box. We had to, we he helped, takes it all over the place. He takes it all over the place. We helped yeah. him put it together. It was super super. Wasn't awesome. that cool to to be there and like I think we were the second. That's or another third area. place. That's, so that's so that's not even just like toy collecting. That's prop yeah. collecting. Yeah, yeah, that was huge. That was really cool. And that's another, that's an entire, another area of one thing I wanted to do. I've always wanted to go out to Obi Wan Rancho and kind of see. I they did like a little special event. I got to, um, I got a couple signed books from the owner and was able to go through their little exhibit. They have such cool stuff out there. It's just, it's amazing. It's we have to go check that out when we go out to to Anaheim next year uh, for celebration. So, yeah. All right, guys. So there we go. Um, thanks again to um, to the Metal Mando, aka Jeffrey Kelts, um, Nick Starwin. You know, sending mm-hmm. in those uh, origin stories. We love origin stories, and we love hearing about 
what got you into Star Wars and why you're still into Star Wars, and if you even if you drifted away for a little while, like you know what's what, what's what's going on uh, there. So we shared today. Um, I'm gonna have so I'm gonna go over a another long transmission that we got, and uh, then we'll have we'll do some fun stuff on the Facebook group because we shared. What was that? Uh, oh, it was our, our senior skit, which we've talked about before. Right. And you talk about like coming and going from from Star Wars. Like I got really into sports my first couple of years in high school, and then it was you guys in chess club and things like that that got me back into it's into Star, Star Wars. Wars for a little bit. Well, right it at the also helped episode episode. Yeah, uh, it was three was coming back out. Yes, yes. So we were, we were really getting into all of that. So we'll go over that here at the end. But yeah, so we have got uh, Captain David Snagarian uh, from the Nav Seven has sent us. Uh, a transmission here, and we've got some some cool discussion, some a discussion on the prequels, the midichlorians. We've been talking about some of that, and um, you know what what I like about before I read this, what I like about Star Wars is that you've got there is something for everybody, right? I mean, if you want to just sit in uh, and just keep watching four, five, and six, you can. It's great, never gets old. And if you're if, if you grew up during the prequel era, you're into the prequels. And I think that's what's neat about it is it kind of keeps evolving and it kind of keeps growing and, and you can get into these different facets like the collecting and the music and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into some of this here and, and, and talk about it. So uh, he says, truthfully, I have no idea where to begin. That's that's how I feel half the time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to throw some ideas and comments out to you, gentlemen. Uh, as a fan of the original Star Wars trilogy, there is one thing that after all these years still does not sit well with me from the prequels. And that would be midichlorians. And that's the thing. We've talked about that. A lot of people, it, did, it didn't sit well with. And, and I get some of the reasons behind all of that. You know what, what I liked about what George was trying to do with it is he was, he was trying to add some, like, I don't know, like be more scientific about it. Whereas, like, you know, in 4, 5, and 6, it's just really, it's, it's a, more, of a, more of a mythology. And it was more... Right legend and lore you didn't really know exact you didn't have a science to it and he's he kind of not i don't want to say put it in a box but was 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 trying to maybe a little bit so yeah in george lucas's original trilogy the force is built up to be a uh, mythical unseen energy that surrounds the universe uh, and that jedi and sith alike are people who are sensitive to this energy and are able to wield or manipulate it to produce amazing results so then, to have this unseen, unseen, unmeasurable force being reduced to midichlorians made that, that uh, mystical energy uh, to be more scientific and less mystic. And so, I think he, he articulates a lot better in, in his transmission, but I get it. You know right. what I mean? I, I, I do, and I, I think... So, well, you know, as we watched we watch episode one, watch yeah. the scene where Qui-Gon is explaining it to Anakin... And it's almost as if they're telling the fans because Anakin's like, I don't get it. And he's like, you will in time. <laughs> yeah, you will. Well, and what's funny is the next paragraph is that like he says, especially since it was never mentioned before in the original trilogy, nor in the books that came after Heir to the Empire, etc., etc. Which brings me to my next point. So before we go to his next point, I will say um, to our good captain here that one thing I like about George is he's risky and he's right. willing to try things like this. He tried it. And I don't think it worked. And well, he, he, he kind of he, he moved away from it and never came back to it. You know, I wonder if really it, it was less about, hey, let's – it's less about the idea of let's make it more scientific and make it – I need – now we went from having 
all of the Jedi be this myth to uh-huh. here they all are. And we have a, we have a we have a huge academy where they're studying yes. all of these things, and you could it would makes it makes sense to me not that the force is all these metachlorians, but that because there's an academy, these Jedi believe there is a more scientific background to it. Yeah, just because of the nature of where they're they're learning. Yeah, you know another thing. So think about like um like maybe like an ancient or like. How, how do I put this, like, a kung fu master or whatever, who, like, what's the, how do we know that this master is better than this master? You know, that's that's what we always want to do, is we want right. to rank people, and we want to put um, who would win in a fight. That's just fun stuff we like to do. And I think that's sort of what George was trying to do, is, is to say, okay, how do I show, how do I communicate that Anakin has more, as he says, more midichlorians than even Yoda? And so what does that mean? Uh, he's essentially created by the midichlorians, um, that the forces, you know, created, uh, this, this being, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, maybe there was another way to do it, but this is just the way that he attempted and then it just kind of whatever. And, and he, and he moved on cause he's right. I mean, he, he moves on and we never come back to it. Not even in the next. Uh, well, I think because there was such a pushback. Yeah. And, and people were just sort of like, well, I don't understand that. So, so you think back to Kung Fu masters and I'm just using this as, as, as an example, um, Go look at this is so funny. I can't believe I'm, I can't believe I'm making this comparison. Has anybody ever, you you've seen Kung Fu Panda, right? Right. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Like the different masters have different skill sets, you know, and I think that's sort of what distinguishes them is that one is good with this technique and one is good with that technique, and and you know it, you, you kind of wonder. Um, and, and what's what's neat about Jedi is they don't fight each other. Right. Well, why, why would in they? Harry Potter they have different professors. Yes, yes, exactly. exactly. I mean, you, even when you go to college, there are different professors. They're all, they're all doctors. They'll have their PhD. Yeah, but yeah. it's a doctorate in this. It's a doctorate in this. Right. And so so what distinguish what makes Yoda so spe- why is Yoda so whatever? And I don't even, know that you always need to have an exact answer. Well, it's right. because of these five things or it's because of his midichlorian count or whatever. So I do kind of lean more towards the I like it being less concrete and saying some people were putting at one point there was a chart out there like a legit chart that was showing and i think it was actually something that came from lucasfilm and star wars that had a midichlorian count for jedi on the council and it had qui-gon in there it was like really it was like a low midichlorian mm-hmm. count. i'm like hold on a second this is the guy who then later on the story wasn't finished right they didn't right. have episode two they didn't have three and you didn't realize that george well, was building towards him learning well, this new I mean, technique well think about it though i mean you have yoda we in episode two we see yoda with younglings that Anakin later kills, but we have the younglings, and he is helping them find Obi-Wan's lost planet. Yeah. And so ha- even if they brought up Metachlorians, let's say twice, you know, two more times in those movies, it still wouldn't have really changed the overall aspect because the originals had already been filmed. And Yoda doesn't, didn't have time to teach Luke, well, it's really the Metachlorians and all yeah, of this. right, right, right. And, and all of this stuff. I think it was just because the Force had gone from, as he's saying here, this mysticism to science. Yeah. yeah. But I think, I think what they were going for was we're going to try and show that it's this academy. Mm-hmm. It's... it's their teachers to try and it's it was less about I want to change the nature of the force and change the way that these Jedi view the force yeah as opposed to the what we see Luke 
and, see it and other people see it. You, you, okay, I'm, I'm going to go on a tangent here because I actually like what you just said. It's making me think that you go back to even in The Last Jedi, Luke kind of says that the, that the Jedi had become misguided in a way. And they almost did try to put the Force in a box. They got very right. – they had dogmatic ways and they had like this is the way it was going to go and all this kind of stuff. And so – you can see them saying, okay, there's something we don't understand. They almost got, as, as Yoda said, arrogant to think, mm-hmm. well, we can actually count it. It's the midichlorians. It's, it's these different things that we can kind of uh, count and label, and, and now we know it, and we have almost some control over it in some way. And as Yoda grows and learns and sees their mistakes, it's sort of like, no, the, the force is in every. It's in everything. It's, right. it's, it's, in, it's the, um, in the in-between places. It's, well, it's e- both light and dark. You know? Even Qui-Gon says yeah. you have to you, it's the living force yeah there's a difference uh, there there's a different it's it's about how you use it it's not about yeah. all of these things and i mean again i'll go back to episode one it starts with qui-gon saying sitherback and mace windu saying we'd know about it yeah to mace right. windu saying there's no doubt about it the sitherback the sitherback yeah. and then in episode three when yoda says we failed yes they had they, they truly had and i think that was sort of that, that that's that's anybody who's they're they're trying to take something that's very, um, as Captain David said, you know, like there's something that's really mystical and we don't understand it, and they tried to put this, these labels on it, and you can't do that with the Force, and so it failed, and so I guess well, the even, you know George doesn't even bring it back up again later on, so maybe that's the whole I point. Mean, and even how much it, how much of, uh, you know, in episode episode one when Yoda says, I don't think we should train. Anakin because you know he's 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 I just I don't think I don't think he could become a Jedi he's a little too old right and it's as you said they're almost trying to say we're above the force we've we've mastered the force and that's not at all how it works right we know how these (laughs) things can go yeah so look at Ray Ray's awakening is like she didn't even need anybody the force can actually just teach her things right she knows how to do Jedi mind tricks who taught her that no one and I think that they, it could have Which been cool. it could have been explained more, yeah. In yeah. in those prequels, but there was just such there was such pushback that George just said because the same with Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar yeah, Binks, yeah, yeah. he clearly had a bigger yeah. plan for, and then he said, "Well, okay, I'll kind of change it because yeah. everyone everyone pushed back." So and much. what's what's sad is is that like you take take those two things out or whatever, or tweak just a little bit of the Jar Jar stuff and take Midichlorians out and just say there's another way to label Anakin if the, if you could find another way to say that okay. He, the force created him or, or help us understand that and we don't I think they were trying I mean, to get more what if the whole what if the whole metachlorian count was just something it was it was less about him wanting to say hey I um this is the force has this energy and they're like life forms and all this stuff and it was a way to say well I have Qui-Gon here and I need to have some sort of scientific data to show Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan's in the ship other than just saying that the Force is the strongest I've ever felt. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's why, because he does the blood sample. Yes, right. And may, maybe it was just a way for him, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I think they were looking for that I don't think it device, was, but, but I don't think it was, but it that could have been I part could've. of the conversation is, well, here we go, and here's a way, and the Metachlorians could have been something later that they built up to, but then there was such pushback they just scrapped it, and so... Yeah. You know... It, it's, when they do a docu- uh, like a full, like, I know there's been documentaries done on George Lucas and Star Wars and things like that, but there's going to be one day where they sit down and they're going to go over 
like a lot of this and listening to at celebration david filoni and some of the people who are were close to him through this whole process he does things where it's sort of like he'll say all right yeah go ahead and run with that and, and do that and he's letting other people kind of do their thing and then he'll come back later and say i thought about that a little bit and let's eh, let's, let's let's rein it back in but he wanted them uh, you know to kind of run with their ideas and stuff and he just the phrase he always says is just don't be afraid try something different bring darth maul back sure yeah we cut him in half but it's star wars so we can bring him back right. you know so that bit I kind of like, but anyways, let's uh, let's continue on here with uh, Captain uh, David Snagarian's uh, uh, transmission here. So uh, he says, so which brings me to the next point. Um, I can see why fans, especially die diehard fans, are so disappointed with the new sequels. I was a fan of the Timothy Zahn. Uh, Thrawn trilogy. Unfortunately, I never kept up with the books, but I did enjoy the first book trilogy. All of these trilogies. That's true. There's so many. <laughs> uh, to see to see Han die and Luke hide away in seclusion were big slaps in the face to the fans, especially those of us who grew up loving these characters from the beginning. But uh, as we know, storytelling has to evolve. In movies and TV, there are always better storytelling and twists and plots that surprise us. What makes The Empire Strikes Back the best in the trilogy uh, is uh, would be the two twists. Vader is Luke's uh, father, uh, and then when Yoda reveals to Obi-Wan that there is another when Luke leaves Dagobah. Whew. And as you, yeah, those are, those are huge, huge moments, and those are hard to top. And that was, you know, that's what makes Empire such right. a big deal. So... Uh, yeah, they upped the ante. So for The Last Jedi to go in and reveal that Rey is uh, a Skywalker uh, wouldn't be much of anything other than repetition, which is the biggest complaint people have with The Force Awakens. True, yeah, people were kind of saying it's too repetitive, it just repeats things. Uh, so, sure. Uh, and that's basically, yeah, it's basically a New, a new Hope re remixed. Uh, I, for one, am a big fan of The Last Jedi. Think about it. From the posters and character posters and artwork for the movie, all the marketing was different from previous Star Wars movies. It was darker, uh, lots of black and red, and characters had their uh, heads chopped off. Uh, I knew uh, we were getting something different. I think The Last Jedi is the most visually stunning movie in the series. However, I don't think it is the best movie in the series. It definitely has its flaws. Um, it is a very emotional movie. It messes with our emotions, whether it's anger or disappointment. It presses our buttons. For me, The Last Jedi had moments that took my breath away uh, that the prequels did not. When uh, Holdo crashes her ship at light speed into Snoke's destroyer, the whole theater was quiet. Right? That was, that was huge. That was a big moment. Uh -huh. uh, the Battle of Crate was visually stunning. Uh, Luke's battle with Kylo was a huge surprise. I truly felt Luke's pain and disappointment during his interaction with Rey. Uh, I know Matt loves the prequel trilogy, and I don't want to diminish that, and I think that's what makes Star Wars great. We all have our favorite characters and favorite moments. I just don't think that there will be things we will never see cross over from the books, comic books, or cartoons into the last movie. With all the extended universe that is either canon or not, I think Lucasfilm realizes that there are people uh, whose only interaction with Star Wars are the films, and they will never do anything to confuse them. Uh, um, other than release solo in the middle of releasing sequels, uh, to which my parents asked me, didn't he die? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So unfortunately, I don't think uh, we'll get Grand Admiral Thrawn, Ahsoka, or Mara Jade in this in this finale. However, I do look forward to your further transmissions. As we draw closer to the conclusion of the Skywalker saga, I will be sad if the Skywalker name and bloodline ends. So here's to hoping for a great conclusion. May the Force be with you, Captain David Snagarian. And yeah, I mean, I think... 
he's he's definitely probably right about because we had that conversation like would we see someone step on to the big film someone who we haven't seen before right in the extended universe and in they'd this have next to movie? in this next movie they'd have to be really crafty about it right um it it have to be something that you know, like they introduced Holdo. We have no idea who that is in, in the last movie. And we're like, okay, cool. It was Leia's old friend, and right. and and they brought her in. But it wasn't someone who had all this backstory and legends that all these different things that you had to know all this stuff. It's sort of like the mainstream, you know, audience member just seems to be able to walk into the theater and say, "All I've watched is the films," and absolutely t- take me away. But I do love when there are little tiny nods. You know, when when you mention maybe. Like a character mentions another character or something like that. Uh, mentions like uh, a bounty hunter who who is a famous bounty hunter in maybe the EU. Um, and it's really not that big of a deal to the audience member. They just think, okay, it's another bounty hunter, you know. But to, but to people who read the comics and who are like, oh my gosh, they they just talked about my favorite bounty hunter on the big screen. So it's probably gonna be something more subtle like that if we ever if we do get something here in the finale. But yeah, maybe not. We 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 might just be. I mean, we're playing with with the characters that we have here. The only thing that I ever thought we could see would be is something like if Luke sent Ray to seek out one of his other masters, and it could mm-hmm. be someone um, who we don't need all the EU stuff on because they're rewriting all of this stuff. I mean, Absolutely. so so if you wanted to bring in a new character and just say uh, he he was he was one of Luke's closest. Um, you know, allies. He met him after, after uh, Return of the Jedi, and and he studied with him. You know, because Obi Wan, when well, when he's when he's sending Luke to Dagobah, seek out Master Yoda. Well, who the heck is Master Yoda? But then we see Master Yoda, and we're like, I love this dude. So even if you don't know who Kyle Katarn is or Kip Durin mm-hmm. or whatever, maybe we do. You know, we've read the books, and we're kind of like, oh, I, I know who that person is. As long as they can still sell it to the mainstream audience and, and just say this is a new person who nobody really knows, um, you know, and then you're kind of like, oh, this is cool. There's more stuff on this guy. Right. I didn't know that. I yeah. mean, that's well, you know what? Way. Well, what I think would be cool is, you know, for the longest time, it was always, okay, you have four, five, and six. And then when one, two, and three came out, it was, oh, what happens in the middle? Yeah. Now we have, we'll have seven, eight, nine. What happens in between right. four, five, and six and seven, eight, nine? And, you know, for a long time, people were like, well, we don't like the idea of ever having somebody re- recast as from the original cast was like, I don't know, man. I just don't know if they could do it. Right. I'm I don't know. After I saw Solo, I would love an Alden and Reich yeah. uh, sequel, even if it took place after six. Him as cast him as Han Solo. You have another oh, I see. another movie where he shows up as Han Solo after six. I'd still be I would still be 100 percent fine with that. And that could provide some bridging story. I'd be fine with actually what what I think could be cool is if they did a movie on like Luke's temple and then you kind of maybe you flash forward and then you have Mark Hamill as an old, you know, an older Luke. But it's, you know, supposed to be before seven, eight, nine and, you know, something like that. And so you get kind of some backstory there. Right. Because when, Solo, to me, was a big game-changing movie. Because you had Rogue One before that where they did the CG Tarkin and, and Leia. But as long as, it, as long as it ends up working out, I'd be okay if they recast some of these people. 
Yeah, I mean, like something that they were looking at doing, they had, in Ray's vision, they had that guy that looked a lot like Mark Hamill, that mm-hmm. looked a lot like, you know, young Luke Skywalker. And I don't know if they were going to really show his face as much. But, yeah, I mean, they, they, they could do something uh, there right after um, six. And, yeah, I mean. I mean, think about this. If you wanted to do, let's say you wanted to do, like, a Luke Jedi Temple movie. Yeah. What's to say you can't get Hayden Christensen to show up as a Force ghost? Because now that they've erased the old one and have Hayden Christensen as as Vader when they redid the oh, yeah. know, the the six and like the two thousand and with the new Force ghost, what's to say you don't do a movie and have him play Darth Vader mm-hmm. in as a Force ghost? Yeah, and Yoda's a CGI, so you can yeah. you can do that. And even and, if, and even if you wanted to do a Ewan McGregor Force ghost yeah. as Obi Wan. I don't think you'd really have to explain to people that it's not out. Get you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, like okay, so there's two types of people. So we're kind of in between, which is what I love. Is that you have people who grew up watching only the originals and who would be maybe a little bit like Offended, right? Eh, I don't know. But then you have my students. So my students that I currently teach uh, now at the at the high school level who would love that. They would mm-hmm. absolutely love to see Anakin Hayden Christensen step back onto the screen as a Force ghost or. Um, you know the you know Obi Wan and that 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 would blow their minds and they would love it. So it is as a, long as it's it's a tough here's the thing. As long as it's good, yeah, it ends up being okay. Now yeah, if Solo uh, had been a disaster, yeah, and it was a disaster because of say specifically Alden like a casting Aaron, thing. yeah it was like sure. it, it was a, a casting issue right right then it'd be like we told you you never ever should have re yeah redone these characters right but I thought even um. Oh god, now I'm playing uh, Donald uh, Donald Glover as yeah, as, Lando. as Lando. I thought, I thought he was sure. a great young Lando. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and so a lot of people would say, I think most people would say, like, okay, cool, you want to do a solo uh, two, which people are pushing for on Twitter quite a bit, make make solo two happen. Uh, yeah, they want that still but, to mean, be in between the right. I mean, right. I'm, I'm saying and you're saying I'm saying let's say ten years from now yeah. they decide we want to do a movie I see. that involves. Han Solo after episode six. Yeah. Well, you're obviously not going to get Harrison Ford because he'll be way too old by that point. Right. And I, I, I think you say you just cast a now older. Yeah. Alden is, Alden. is he's, he's 10 years older. Uh, he's, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously it's going to, you know, but whatever it doesn't, you I mean, can doctor movies, him up. Movies I mean, get recast all the time. Yeah, I know a movie we talk about a lot. Tron legacy. They just use a CGI. That was kind of the first Disney's first time that I can remember doing that i thought it looked okay yeah yeah it did they, i don't they, know if i'd want an entire movie like right, that right yeah yeah i see what you're saying though yeah that would be interesting it would be really cool because th- that is a a, a a void where they can tell us more mm-hmm. even if they flash forward a little bit and it's maybe more just a a young uh ben solo and and, and learning right. more about him i think you could you could do that People have looked at uh, the guy, what is his name, Mike, um, who plays in Stranger Things. Uh, Mike and Finn, L, right? Finn Wolf, Wolfenhausen or whatever yeah, it sorry, is. Yeah, sorry, Finn. Wolfengar, something we, like that. We messed your name up. I'm sorry, man, because <laughs> I know he listens. Um, but he looks a lot like Adam Driver, yeah. you know, and he could play maybe a young uh, Kylo and stuff. So, yeah, there's there's definitely a, a, a void there that, that could be. That could be filled. Yeah, as long as it's good. It just, you know, if it sucks, then, I mean, but that could be anything. I mean, if it sucks, it sucks for a reason. Is it the story? Is it this? Is it this? this? Right. I mean, so. And one real thing I will say real quick. Yes. uh, The prequels are still pretty dark. 
Okay. Hey, they are. There's a head. Heads get chopped off in the prequels. That's true. Okay. Hey. Go, go ask Jango Fett or Count Dooku. Right. Okay. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yep. A lot of younglings are killed. How many younglings head got chopped? I off? mean, there was actually some some uh, uh, Tuscan mean, Tuscan raiders. Right. Were, I know. I know. We've joked too. about it. We've made it an ongoing joke. But yeah. really, I mean, that's a really dark scene. It is. It is. I mean, a- they allude to the fact that he just killed kids. I, yeah. mean, I mean, it's actually, different. It's different. Like Luke going to kill Kylo. That he's kind of a teenager. He's already trained it. I mean, those are those are kids, and they're like, I know. What are we gonna do? I know. I know. It is dark. That is dark. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, people were all upset about um, the new Harry Potter movie. Uh, Grindelwald kills like he steps out of the room and like literally an infant baby, like less than yeah. a year old, like Avada Kedavra. Yeah, done. And people are like. What you did that? I'm like oh, Star Wars did it. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, that's yeah. like a PG, yeah, G, PG. Movie. I know, yeah. I know, it's crazy. So, anyways, yeah. Um, so yeah, with this uh, in, in the Facebook group, we get anything in the Facebook group here. It's it's just epic. I just wanted to mention it one more time. We've got people in here sharing um, some memes, some of their favorite memories. Uh, we've got people just kind of talking. Tiffany, what we'll do? We'll save the conversation uh, about the 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 rap battle because we have a uh, firsthand account of that so you mm-hmm. won't have to just take matt starwind uh in in, in my uh you know recollections of that you can you can hear from tiffany o'malley uh, who was there who was on the form court uh herself of course she was she was a princess back in the day and uh was that her we escorted up to the stage i can't remember we escorted several princesses up to the stage i, I remember that so all i know is i was air quote qui-gun Jin, and yeah, yeah. i went in socks one night yeah. And I was slid right, in, right. <laughs> yeah. in. Oh, that was crazy, crazy times. Uh, so yeah, we have a couple memories on here. Just uh, uh, we've got Sarah Jean, who's talking about like her favorite, uh, one of her favorite memories is related to a puzzle, a two thousand piece puzzle that she got to put together with her best friend, uh, who got it for her as a birthday gift, and they worked on it for months. You know, when, it's like mo- yeah, have you ever built a model? So like, I, I used mm-hmm. to do car models back in the day and kind of like glue them together. That stuff is tedious, and it takes a long time. You have to paint it. And so, like, puzzles for me, I don't know why. Like, with a model, I, I at least knew, okay, this piece goes here, this this goes there. And it was, like, a little more straightforward. Like, a puzzle you got to figure out. I'm, I'm out on puzzles. I can't do it. It's just too much. It's just, you know. So good for Sarah. But, um, yeah, and then we've got Brian, who I said before, is, is headed up to see uh, Weird Al in Cleveland tonight with the 501st. So uh, they'll be trooping around up there. And um, Weird Al did some really good uh, – Really good Star Wars songs, didn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what's that? What's that one? Um, is, is it uh, the the Bye Bye Mr. Anakin guy? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, super awesome. Uh, Adam Parker has been has been uh, killing it uh, recently. Just just so you guys know, in the in the in the group, in there we've got some uh, some more funny memes. The meme war goes on, and and what have you. And I'm looking over here uh, to see if there's any any funny polls or. Or, or anything going on, but does Kylo get redemption? So we had a poll in there, uh, and that was split right down the middle. That was Nick who kind of created that poll. Um, yeah, it, he, was, it was literally there was a, there was a really funny meme the other day. It says yeah. uh, when you've uh, it's where Anakin in episode three says this is where the fun begins. It says when you've just finished the sixty fifth order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, oh yeah, that was that that is funny. Um, we did have a. Uh, I don't know if we talked. Did we talk about the, the poll between Boba Fett and Jango Fett? I think we did last week. We talked. Did about, we? Yeah, the poll. Oh yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, yeah. And that uh, I think everyone was all Boba Fett, all Boba right? Fett, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, some some cool stuff in there. We've got uh, some more commentary on Kylo Ren. When you think 
When you think about it, Kylo Ren has surpassed Vader. Snoke had the high ground. You think about. It? <laughs> I mean, he was it's up on accurate. that. He was up on that. Uh, up on that throne. So I was actually looking at one of the images that they released for the Rise of Skywalker, and it looks like Kylo has the high ground on Rey. You look mm-hmm. at the water that's rushing in over maybe the Death Star, that little battle that they're having. Ray's definitely a little bit lower. So mm-hmm. she's going to have to reposition herself or you know, call off the attack and make him step down to her level. Yeah. Otherwise, she's, yeah. she's out. As you've said, she's not yeah. making it through. Yeah. So, uh, Well, at the beginning of the show, we mentioned uh, we were talking a lot about cinematography. So be sure to send us uh, some of your transmissions. Just what are some of your favorite Star Wars scenes specifically? It doesn't, and it doesn't have to be for story reasons. Uh, it could just be maybe like some. What do you think is kind of a really pretty shot? Obviously, Luke and the the, the binary suns. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that's amazing, amazing. cinematography. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and so you uh, get the feels every single time, right? And that's music, cinematography. Yeah, the whole deal. So, all right. Well, uh, I think this is a pretty good place to sign off here. As we want to thank you for hanging out in hyperspace. In our next episode, we'll be discussing your transmissions. Send us your Star Wars theories, your origin story, or send us your favorite memories from a galaxy far, far away. Uh, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a transmission at hyperspacehangout at gmail.com. We'll see you in a week, and remember that traveling through hyperspace ain't like dusting crops. How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.